Coming up on Podcast 1644, Honda say, unlike Toyota, no, we shouldn't put manual EV transmissions in. Good, it's not just me then. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the podcast today, we'll talk about a very rapid version of the Fiat 500. Ford of America cement their position as the number two EV brand. How many Teslas are being sold in China? Well, the number's good, by the way. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Those stories and a lot more to discuss on today's podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Wherever you're listening around the world, welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for the last working day of the week, Friday 4th of November. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. All right, let's get into it, and we'll start with news of the Buick Electra and what it might be called. Interesting as well, because I told you earlier this week that GM are going to come back to Europe, maybe the UK, right-hand drive, you never know, with some brands. We don't know. One of those could be Buick. We do know they'll be using the Electra name, and all of their vehicles will be electric, fully electric, by the way, by the end of the decade. And so maybe they'll use Electra as a sub-brand, a bit like Ionique, is Hyundai's sub-brand, Unic 5, 6, etc., etc., Kia's EV6, and more. So maybe GM Authority discovered this new trademark filing, the Electra E1 to E9. Maybe they'll start with the E1 or a number further up to maybe signal it's a bigger vehicle. Uh, The patent application filed October 27th, so really, really recent on that. Buick confirming 2024 will be when they launch their first EV. Of course, it'll be on GM's Ultium platform and uh, perhaps something uh, Cadillac Lyric-sized as their first one suggests inside EVs. We don't know, but that seems like a pretty good shout. EVs are doing well in the UK. October new car registrations were up 26%, and that's being credited to electric vehicles. Plug-ins accounted for 21.5% of all all new registrations. But the uh, lobby organisation, the SMMT, all the car makers put their their subs in, and then that organisation can then go and lobby on their behalf, and etc., etc., says that the government won't hit their 2030 targets in the UK without more charges. And that's really interesting to look at. Now, uh, they said that battery electric vehicle registrations were up 23.4% to 19,933 on the month. So really, really good. And uh, like I say, that's cars with plug sockets on over a fifth now in the UK of October's numbers. They've also put some graphs out today. First time I've seen them really going hard on infrastructure. And they've been saying, well, actually, that in the last year, or sorry, the last nine months of the year, so up to the end of uh, September then, that there were 1,239 new rapid charges and 5,000 standard charges. I don't know what a standard charger is. No one has ever used that word, standard charger. Why have they picked out, I mean, this is the car industry, They're not called standard chargers. You can call them AC chargers or level two chargers, but what is a standard charger? Is it 50 kilowatts or why can't we just get this right, people? Come on. Uh, So they've invented a new word. But what they've done is they've kind of put two lines going on the graph upwards with EVs and chargers and the lines uh, are diverging. And they're saying, well, look, we need more chargers because without it, we're going to miss our our targets. And that is actually, you know, in my opinion, that is a, a bit of a, a false dichotomy. It's a it's a fallacy. And I think it's really naughty of them to do that. Or maybe they didn't realize, but they don't think they're being naughty. But I don't think that is at all useful as additive to the conversation because a plug is not a plug is not a plug. A charger is not a charger. You could put a million level two chargers in the UK 
tomorrow and put them everywhere. And it wouldn't help anyone doing a road trip. That that graph would look lovely. Chargers everywhere. But if there's no rapid chargers, well, that's absolutely, that is next to useless. Equally, you could put a thousand 350 kilowatt DC fast chargers on all the right motorway bits, just where you need them, get the electricity infrastructure in, in banks of maybe, you know, 40 or 50, so that you knew that when you turned up to that big charging hub, there was definitely going to be one spare, and you're going to be charging for 20 minutes and on your way. That would do more to inspire people to buy cars to do long distances in. You see, a plug is not a plug is not a plug. And to put those two lines together and say, here's the number of chargers and here's the number of cars, it actually makes no sense at all to do that. And I don't know who, if you, the minute you think about it for more than five minutes, it's actually bonkers to do that. So I, I get what they're trying to say. They're trying to start that conversation perhaps with the people they're lobbying, which might be politicians or governments who, let's face it, are... Sometimes, you know, need to be brought up to speed a, a, a little bit. It's way more nuanced than that. You know, a plug is not a plug is not a plug. You can't just look at the total number. It's what they are, where they are, how much they're charging. You know, a, a, another thousand DC fast chargers that were priced right in the right areas, that were reliable, are going to do so much more than just the, the blunt instrument of the sheer number of slow charges. Anyway, I'd love to know your comments on that. You can email me anytime. Leave a comment on the YouTube show. You can email me, hello at evnewsdaily.com if you think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wrong, often am, uh, or, or out of order. So, uh, but I'd love to get your thoughts on that as well. Add to the conversation and I can report back on what you think. Now, let's talk about the world's first Hummer arriving here in the UK. Uh, the luxury and performance vehicle specialist importer, Clive Sutton has imported one, and uh, the pictures definitely look like it's a grey sky in the background. That looks like it's in the country already. And so uh, that looks like British weather in the picture. But this vehicle is like over five and a half metres long and almost two and a half metres wide. It's going to look stupid on UK roads, but that's not really the point, is it? it they've put it on for £320,000, so whoever buys this, it's going to be there fourth fifth sixth car even if it gets driven i don't know but uh, very cool we've got one in the country and if and if if you are going to if you are the buyer of this congratulations on spending so much money on a car that you don't need right let's talk about uh, two new lucid airs the lucid air pure and the air touring they're going to be unveiled on november 15th at a special live event and they're going to tell us more at that event about their next uh, project the suv the gravity which is i think going to get uh, a lot of attention. The full air lineup will be on display for the very first time. So you're going to have the Pure and the Air Touring alongside what we've already got, the Grand Touring, the Grand Touring Performance and the Sapphire. And so the Air Pure is still going to be all-wheel drive and dual motor starting at just over 87000 no EPA numbers on that. And then there's the Air Touring starting at $107,000 and change. And again, no EPA details on that. Peter Rawlinson, the CEO and CTO, will deliver a keynote at the Automotive News World Congress on Friday, November 18th and talk about why he thinks efficiency is the new imperative for electric vehicles. Now, let's talk a little bit about that spicy Fiat 500e. Uh, my wife and I were looking at the uh, La Prima version, which is the uh, the soft top version. 
And that's really well-specced and really expensive as well for such a tiny, tiny car. Definitely a second car. But 200 miles of range is pretty cool. Now, the Arbath version should be a wild version of that vehicle. And so wait and see when it arrives and how Arbath do that. Because, of course, in combustion world, it's all about pops and bangs and you know, drama. And so the subdivision of Fiat that is effectively the go-faster stripe, uh, but they'll make it look different and re-engineer it. should be very, very cool. Now, uh, Ford is America's number two EV brand, up 120% over the last year, they say, with their October numbers. And I think so they should be, because now they've got the F-150 and the Transit to back up the Mach-E. The Ford F-150 is America's best-selling electric truck with sales of uh, just under 2,500. E-Transit selling about 770. Mustang Mach-E, about 3,000 on the month of October, they say. And they're number two in the US market behind Tesla. A Reuters article next, talking about Tesla in California, their market share slipping as their rivals step up is the headline. It's like, well, this is quite a dramatic story. Let's look into this. The dominant market share of Tesla is slipping, says Reuters in the January to September numbers, which Tesla don't publish statewide, by the way. But they've got some registration data they've looked at. It's now, you might want to sit down for this. 73% of the EV market in California, which is, yes, down from 79% two years ago. So it slipped six percentage points. With all of the new competition that's arriving now, look, I know it's different because here in Europe, if Tesla get into double figures, they're lucky. They used to be much higher. And we've got a huge range of EVs that are much more suitable to European roads. And Tesla's still a thing, but it's just not really a big deal as much in Europe. Very desirable, of course, don't get me wrong. But in California, my goodness me, it's like one in seven cars, more than one in uh, seven in ten cars, sorry, uh, EVs are Teslas. I can't get my head around that that level of dominance and to, for the article to say it's slipping. Well, yeah, it's going down, but heck, if it had halved, I wouldn't have been surprised, but it's nowhere near. Moving on, on the podcast soon, we will talk a little bit about about uh, Tesla's um, numbers in China. We'll have a look at how they're doing. Uh, I Pretty well, by the way, but stick around for the, the actual number. And BMW and how their EVs are doing. Stick around those stories and a lot more on the way. Okay, let's talk about if you have the need to tow with a Tesla. Uh, the website Car Scoops say that, uh, it says that a UK customer bought a Model Y and didn't have the tow hitch as an official accessory because it wasn't for the want of trying. It's not for sale here uh, because it's sold out and not available. I gather supply chain sort of microchip shortages and stuff. Um, and so he had a reputable third-party one added but wasn't enabled to, wasn't able to tow. Now, I don't, I've never towed with a Tesla, so is there a mode that you need to enable? Is that switch literally not there on the cars? Because when he emailed them to say, can I have tow mode? They said, "Uh, we can confirm that your vehicle is not able to tow anything as it does not have the tow package installed. Do not operate your vehicle with the trailer or anything on the tow hitch. Uh, Now, car scoops say they've scoured Tesla's documentation and the Model Y owner's manual and none of it mentions about only using Tesla's approved tow hitch. And I wouldn't be surprised if you could get them to back down on that, by the way. Bearing in mind that, here, look, this is the EU. Like, they've just banned Tesla's lightning connector. We've got to replace them with USB-C connectors. To go to them and take them to court and say, hey, I can't tow 
with this car because Tesla say it's a walled garden. I need their one. That wouldn't hold up. They'd be made uh, to back down on that. I think Tesla would uh, would probably cave before it went anywhere near court to save a, a precedent being set. So uh, that can probably be resolved, but it's going to be a bit of hassle for him. I imagine. I don't know. Now, how are they doing in China? Good. Really good. October, uh, num- uh, October numbers are out. 71,704 China-made Tesla vehicles, according to the China Passenger Car Association, uh, up from 54,000 this time a year ago, down from 83,000 last month, in the month before, in September, with Model Y, Model 3, heading towards maybe a capacity of 1.1 or million 1.1, total capacity coming out of Giga Shanghai. Uh, The capacity there is just deeply, deeply impressive. As for China as a whole, uh, the wholesale sales, they say, how many were... Uh, produced 680,000 new energy vehicles in the month of uh, of October. So just as a, a scale is huge of EVs in China. BMW say that their uh, challenging business environment has been mitigated by... You beat me. <laughs> you got there before me. The punchline is always the electric part of their business. That's the only thing holding up so many car makers lately. And they say that the EV, the electric side, has done really well. First nine months of the year, strong with BMW and Mini up uh, 114% with electrified, all-electric vehicles, uh, rising 7.3%. Add in the plug-ins, because there's loads of plug-in hybrids when you think about the BMW and and, Mini combined. Tons of, of, of hybrid stuff. With a plug socket on, which is good, uh, but still. Uh, the electrified share of deliveries is 16.2% for the first nine months of the year of BMW, which is, again, it's double figures, it's chunky, it's it's starting to mean something. It's meaningful numbers at 16% of BMW as a business. Uh, they single out the iX and the i4 for doing well. 21,000 iXs, 20,000 i4s in the first nine months of the year being sold. They also say that the BMW i7, that looks nice, by the way. That looks properly nice, the i7. Uh, and the iX1, both on sale by the end of the year. And iX3 and Mini Cooper SE getting a mention as well. Now, the Hyundai Arnic 5 N version has been spied uh, with uh, more camouflage on, but perhaps a production body underneath. It's in loads of spy pictures of the N version. We just we still don't know what the engineering is. But if you draw a line from the Kia EV6 GT, sister car, cousin car, call it what you will, over to it, that could be 580 horsepower, not to 63 and a half seconds, not to 62 miles now, it's not to 100 k's, in 3.5 seconds. Now, the recent report, according to Inside EVs, uh, in September, talking to Albert Biermann, the former uh, Hyundai N boss, saying that the N version of the Arnic 5 could be up to 620 horsepower. Wow, that's proper rapid. Next in the news, we'll talk about Honda's CEO. Uh, says, uh, I'm not sure we can replace the manual transmission. And I would entirely agree. Uh, I ran a podcast uh, maybe months ago now on Hun- uh, on Toyota's plan to put manual transmissions into EVs. And at the time, I said it was moderately bonkers or words to that effect. Uh, during a roundtable with Car and Driver magazine, the CEO and the head of electrification at Honda both said, yeah. That wouldn't work. They will not be pursuing uh, their chi- their their Japanese um, sort of rivals, you know, uh, fellow Japanese EV makers, a Toyota, in any kind of manual transmission in an EV. And I'll tell you why. Because they said, yeah, artificially you can do it, but mechanically 
it's not that easy. Uh, referring to the idea of a manual transmission in an EV. Uh, he personally, the head of electrification, said he personally does not like the idea of anything artificial, uh, like a solution that Toyota were suggesting, and that they wouldn't do that, even with their sports cars, which is in a direct contrast to Toyota, uh, according to Car and Driver magazine, who say, Toyota recently patented a system for EVs with a clutch, a gear shifter, and a virtual gear ratio. So not actually a gearbox, because EVs only need a single-speed gear reduction uh, transmission. Nah, Tycon's got two to get you off the line, and then it shifts. But you don't need that. No, no one's ever driven... Like, you don't drive the Model S Plaid and go, oh, man, it, it would be so good if it had a manual gearbox. But Toyota seem to think that that's what they're going to do with their EVs. Like I say, moderately bonkers. Um, I'm glad it's not just me. Uh, Honda, agree. It should not be done. Uh, But both Toyota and Lexus, the president, Koji Sato, expressing a desire for the brand's upcoming EV supercars to have a simulated manual, not even a real gearbox. I mean, gearboxes only exist because of the need to put a combustion engine in a different rev range. Why would you possibly, I don't know, it blows like Toyota with EVs, blow my mind how far away they are from just any rational thought when it comes to electric vehicles <sighs> and breathe next in the news apple's supplier assembler foxconn partnering with the saudi arabian wealth fund to build evs they're the uh hon high precision industry otherwise known as foxconn uh, teaming up with saudi arabia sovereign wealth fund for a new car brand today announced called sia c-e-e-r they'll license it from uh, technology from bmw they'll make them in saudi arabia for the middle east and north african region and i wouldn't underestimate foxconn they know how to assemble a consumer good don't they and finally porsche have been testing their gen 3 formula e car testing is at the end of the year for everyone and then the season starts next year the new formula e gen 3 cars are going to be faster more powerful more efficient and for the first time they're going to have a big ev motor on the front axle which is going to do the slowing down the regen uh, but they're not going to have there's no physical connection between the brake pedal and slowing the car down and that i think is a first in motorsport i believe let me know if i'm wrong i've never heard of it before and it it, you know that has to work because these cars are going to be faster than ever before and you probably when you your left foot goes down you probably want it to work like failure is just not an option to slow those cars down otherwise you you know you are heading to the accident very very quickly so uh can't wait to see these cars in action and that's your podcast for today thanks to our premium partners of the podcast we couldn't do it without all of our patreon partners but a quick mention for those phil roberts of electric future brad crosby porsche of the village in cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley's ev review island youtube channel thank you mate also richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling evs in the uk octopus electric universe global public charging made simple with one app and one map milbrook cottages you can get your five-star luxury cottages in devon booked in on the website now and our newest premium partner of the podcast lease plan electric moments providing all the tools and guidance ev drivers need thanks again for tuning in i'll see you tomorrow and remember there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid